Hello, welcome to the Capital Employed podcast. For this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Mark Tobin. Mark is the founder of Coffee Microcaps, a media events company and subscription newsletter. The focus of Coffee Microcaps is on highlighting quality microcaps listed on the ASX Australian Stock Exchange. In this episode, Mark gives an overview of the type of companies that are showcased in the Coffee Microcaps newsletter as well as at the virtual events. He also talks about two quality microcaps he feels have great long-term potential. I really enjoy listening to him and I think you will too. So without further interruption, please enjoy my conversation with Mark. Thanks Mark for coming on to the show. Uh, For listeners who may not be familiar, what is Coffee Microcaps? So Coffee Microcaps is a media and events company. We generally try and shine a spotlight on good ASX microcap companies. And I guess my definition or our definition of a microcap is anything that's capped under 300 million Australian dollars. I'm not sure on the exchange rate what that would be in pounds, but I think it'd probably be somewhere around maybe the 200 million pound mark. And pre-COVID, we used to run uh, investment conferences where we'd have 10 to 12 companies come in and present in the day. I also run a subscription newsletter where I profile one interesting microcap stock every week for my subscribers. And what type of industries and companies do you focus on? So I have a catch-all term that I use, which I say uh, industrial microcaps, but it actually, you know, it's more broader than, let's say, the industrial sector. It encompasses basically every sector outside of the resources sector and the biotechnology sector. And the reason I do that is um, resources in Australia is quite a large part of the market, um, both at the large cap side with names like BHP and Rio and Fortescue Metals that um, people, I'm sure, globally would probably be aware of. But also at the smaller end, there's a lot of junior resources companies and they have a large number of ways, I guess, to communicate their story. So I don't, you know, really focus on trying to get their story out there. And biotechnology is another one where, you know, I find it, you know, very volatile on the upside and the downside. Uh, I prefer businesses, you know, which have revenues or profitable or close to profitable, but still down that, that smaller end, which have kind of got a, a decent growth profile in front of them. So it's it's everything except junior resources and biotechnology companies. And how do you find these companies? Do you use a screen or is it more from a qualitative background? Screening, I find very hit and miss. Uh, I'm not sure what the experience is uh, in the UK market, but, but I find generally for microcaps, if you're running screens, the data can be very hit and miss. I sometimes run a screen with, two or three companies I have in mind and I'll find one of them doesn't come up in the screen, even though I know the kind of financials well enough that it it should show up. So a lot of it is looking at the announcements that come out on the ASX on the stock exchange every day. So the first thing I'll do is maybe once a day, I'll look through kind of all the announcements that have been made. And that generally throws up, you know, new companies to look at or refreshes my memory on old ones. And I've got a, a watch list that I've built up over time that 
this stage, I think it's got about 250 micro caps that broadly fit into under 300 million market cap in revenue, profitable or close to profitable and outside the resources and biotechnology space. So from within that 250 cohort comes ideas for the newsletter. And all of these companies are at various stages of development. And some I'm like watching and they announce something. I think oh, they're probably another three, six or 12 months away from being where I think I can write them up, but it's just good to have them on the watch list and check in on them from time to time. Can you talk us through one or two companies that you have recently featured in your newsletter that you think over the long term will produce really good results? What's the thesis for investing in those companies? You know, one of the companies that has done really well lately, and, you know, I think it's definitely trading on a premium, but I think it deserves that given, you know, the way the management team have, have executed over the last three or four years is a company called Energy One. So the ticker symbol is E-O-L, so Echo Oscar Lima. So basically they do, they've got a trading software business, but for the energy market. So for large generators and large consumers of electricity or gas, they provide the software for both the generators to sell that energy and for large customers to get their electricity uh, needs met. So when I say large customers, I'm talking about McDonald's UK, for example, or large industrial users, aluminium smelters, for example. It helps them like match up the price at various different contract lengths because they generally contract out on a you know a three a six twelve twenty four month basis, the business had been primarily focused uh, in Australia, a little bit offshore in in New Zealand and Singapore and a little bit in the Philippines. They kind of tested the waters internationally a little bit, uh, but in Australia they you know they basically contract fifty percent of of all electricity traded in in Australia. So they're a dominant market player in Australia. More recently, they bought business in France, which has given them foothold, I guess, into the European market, which they're they're very keen on. Uh, and they did a small acquisition in the UK, but I think with Brexit, they're more focused now on the on the European market, and they're slowly bringing their products and services uh, to the European market with their uh, French acquisition. And they've, over the last two or three years, have very cleverly expanded out from just the trading. You know, they've bought a few other businesses where, you know, you can do like energy analytics and reports and kind of big data stuff for both the producers and for for the consumers. You know, it's a, a software as a service type model. Enterprise level, you know, basically a lot of these companies you know they need to use some form of trading software and if eol can get their package or system in there you know it's going to be used on a day-to-day basis you know they, they haven't really been affected by let's say covid uh, they're not really affected by economic cycles and um, because it's you know it's intrinsic to the the operation of that business and um, so it's kind of something they can't do without so that'd be one a second one I would probably call out 
is a business called SDI. They are in the dental products business. They're actually a world leader in dental products. So that would be things like, you know, tooth whitening, equipment for dentists. They previously were the world leader in amalgam. So if some of your older listeners will remember, you know, when you, when you used to get a filling, it used to be kind of a, a silver color. The more modern one is a white amalgam that, you know, kind of blends in with your teeth. And it's actually kind of quite difficult to see whether you've got a filling or not. But as they've transitioned from selling the, the old school amalgam, which is still actually quite widely used in a lot of places, uh, especially in South America, parts of the US, their sales have been have been falling while the new product, the, the white amalgam, has been been rising. And, you know, that balance has been has been tricky for them to manage. So they, they've kind of been going through this transition phase between an old product and a newer product and they've been doing a lot of R&D and and releasing a lot of new products to expand I guess the products that a particular dentist might take from them. They're nearly through that process once the old amalgam sales have basically gone down to a, a small proportion of the overall sales. I think it'll get back to you know, where it was three or four years ago when it was, you know, a very solid business growing internationally, dividend paying. It was definitely one of the leading kind of micro caps in the Australian market. So it's a bit of a kind of a fallen angel that, that's been through a, a bit of a transition period. But underneath it all, I think there's a very solid business within their family run business founded by the, the Cheatham family, founded by the father. Uh, he's uh, since moved to the chairman role and has now been run by his uh, his daughter, Samantha. It's a really interesting stock. I'm, I'm just looking at the uh, the graph now. It does seem to be building up momentum again. Yeah, I think that's one where people are sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting for this transition to, to kind of end. But I think it's getting, you know, it's uh, every kind of reporting period, normally most companies in Australia work on a June year end because that's the the tax year end in Australia. So just coming up now, we'll have the first half results. So from June to December, which are going to be all reported now in in February for the vast majority of ASX listed companies, you know, we'll probably see amalgam sales down again, but it'll again it'll be start it'll be an even smaller percentage of total sales. And as I said, they've invested a lot in R and D over the last few years and brought a lot of new products to market to I guess try and increase, you know, their relevance to dentists and just be a bigger part of the of the of the dental practice in terms of products that they supply in there. Thanks for talking us through those two stocks. Apart from annual reports, do you read much? And if so, what is the most recent book you have read? Yeah, I read a lot. Uh, I'm not a big fiction reader. Uh, you know, I tend to like. Uh, reading non-fiction, uh, a lot of business books where you're learning. Uh, the most recent book I read that I really enjoyed was Peter Thiel's book, uh, Zero to One, where he, you know, he really talks about startups and you know what you need to kind of be a true disruptor. A lot of marketing and goes around with new businesses saying you know they're a disruptor and they're going to revolutionized markets and the big old incumbent players that are in there but you know i took a lot of 
good points out of uh, you know Peter Thiel's book about you know what you need to be a, a pure disruptor and what you need to succeed. And for anybody, I guess who doesn't know Peter Thiel, I mean, he was uh, the founder of PayPal. He was the first institutional investor in Facebook, uh, and he's currently the CEO of Planeteer, which um, listed on the NYSE uh, just was it the NYSE or the Nasdaq just before Christmas, which is his latest venture, which is. Big data analytics, cybersecurity, you know, they do a lot of work for governments uh, and big corporates around data and security. So, you know, he's uh, he's been around Silicon Valley for a long time and, uh, you know, he had some very interesting points. It was a book I, I enjoyed immensely. Every time I've seen Peter Thiel do uh, talks on YouTube, I've always been very impressed. He's a very, um, very interesting guy to listen to and comes across a very sharp, sharp mind. No, definitely very, very sharp. Um, yeah, I think, I think one of the best. When just when he mentioned YouTube, I think one of the best ones he did is a, a Stanford lecture where he talks about um, monopolies and competition. Well, it's well worth looking up that presentation if uh, if anybody wants to watch him on YouTube. Where can um, people find out more about you and Coffee Microcaps? Uh, so probably the best place to find out be, about me is on Twitter. I'm a big fin twist person. So the handle is C, so capital C, C microcaps. That's probably the best place to, to get in touch with me. I also have a YouTube channel called Coffee Microcaps. And on the YouTube channel we is where we've been posting recordings of our online events that we've been doing now since we can't do in-person events due to COVID. I run Coffee Microcaps Morning Meeting, where we have two companies in and they kind of present their present their story and we do a little bit of Q&A. That happens every second Thursday from 9 a.m. to, to 10 a.m. Sydney time. And we've done... 18 of those uh, since the kind of start of COVID. And if listeners are, are looking for a, a flavor of, you know, some of the ASX microcaps um, that I look at uh, on a daily basis, you know, that'd be a good place to, to go and look. Uh, EOL is one of those who have presented in the past. If you search back through the videos, they were number 10 or 12, somewhere around there. Uh, SDI, I haven't been able to, to get in, but Hopefully, after they report results in February, maybe they'll they'll come and join us. How is the COVID situation in Australia? Are you hopeful of maybe having a an in person physical conference at some point this year? Australia has just literally in the last day or two approved the Pfizer vaccine, and they're hoping to start uh, rolling out um, in the middle of February. I'm hoping to do another in person conference at the end of October 2021, but um, that is all based on the vaccine rollout and where we are with COVID and travel arrangements. I mean, one of the biggest differences between the UK and Australia is, you know, the individual states within Australia, you know, have been locking down their state borders to other parts of Australia. So, you know, there's been lots of situations where travel was open between two states. Then there's a flare up in COVID, and then they 
shut the border between the two states and people have been stuck on on the wrong side of the border internally in Australia. I mean, Western Australia hasn't really opened its border to the whole of Australia since the COVID pandemic, you know, really took off in earnest in, in March 2020. So until all of that is well clear, you know, the chances of running a conference, I'd say are, are maybe slim, but are, but hopeful at this point for October 2021, which lines up nicely with the results calendar in Australia. So as I say, you know, June is most companies year end, which lines up with the tax year. So they report their full year results and the, and the annual reports come out in August slash September. So October is a good year because you've got the most recent kind of full year results. And then November is kind of a month that's dedicated to uh, the AGMs, which follow on then from the year end. Fingers crossed that comes to fruition. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But in the meantime, we'll, we'll continue on with the the online events, um, which I've actually got great support i've been pleasantly surprised uh, of how how engaged people are with it you know how much how much interest there's been in it uh it surprised me i guess how quickly people are you know willing to adapt to the online format as opposed to the the physical in-person format uh, okay mark Th- thanks so much for coming on this isn't it's been a pleasure to listen to you Hopefully we can get you back on the future to talk about a few more um, Australian microcaps. No, oh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can uh, do it again maybe uh, the latter end of this year and hopefully, you know, between the results coming out in February and the results in August, I'll have uncovered maybe one or two more interesting gems for you. That would be brilliant. Okay, thanks for your time. Okay, thanks, John. <laughs>